Next Tuesday, the Minister for Finance, Fianna Fáil's Michael McGrath, and the Minister for Public Expenditure, Fianna Gael's Pascal Donoghue, will together deliver Budget 2024. Last year's budget included billions in extra spending designed to insulate voters from the cost of living crisis. Budget 2023, a cost of living budget. But this year, despite the state bringing in billions more than it spends, things have got trickier. The challenge is that the public expectations are sky high, but the ability to deliver is is very limited. Cliff Taylor is an Irish Times columnist and resident economic spoilsport. It's limited because the government doesn't want to pump too much money into the economy for fear of pushing up inflation. Uh, we know the economy is already operating at full capacity. Inflation is estimated to have risen again to an annual rate of 5%. And we're reliant for our national finances on corporation tax, which is, a lot of which is potentially transitory. The same three businesses accounted for about a third of all of Ireland's corporation tax revenue. The political danger for the government is of coming forward with what people see as an underwhelming budget, one that really only goes a small way to meet the pressures on them. And I think the context of this is people have got used to the government stepping in over the last few years, particularly through COVID and through the start of the cost of living crisis to really give them a dig out. This is a particular one with a different context to other ones we've done. And this is perhaps the first more normal budget we've seen in recent years. We will manage the finances responsibly and sustainably into the future. So I'm not sure that this budget is going to win a lot of popularity for the coalition parties. This is in the news from the Irish Times. I'm Bernice Harrison. Today, the budget conundrums facing the government. How and where will our money be used? Cliff, the last time you were in the studio, it was in April, and you are here to discuss the fact that over the next three years, a budget surplus of 65 billion was predicted, is the highest ever. But events in the months since then, I think, have put some doubt on that figure. Has the financial situation and the economic outlook got a bit worse since we last spoke? Yeah, maybe a little, Bernice. I, I kind of give you the classic economist yes, <laughs> yes and no answer to that one. But, um, I mean, the basic numbers underlying the budget for, for this year and for next year are, are pretty much the same in this, to the sense that a big surplus of tax overspending is expected this year and next year. In theory, that does give the ministers a bit of flexibility in what they do but, but but your point is, is is right too. We have seen a few wobbles in corporation tax, uh, one particularly last month where there was a fall off. It may just be a one-off, no reason for to expect corporation tax to collapse. But the world economy is also a little bit worse. Um, interest rates, higher interest rates are certainly having an impact. There are poor signs coming out of the German economy. Irish exporters are clearly finding things a little bit harder than they did. Some of that may be a readjustment post-COVID and, and post-COVID bounce, if you like. Uh, but there are, there, is, there are some more doubts, I think, to the economic outlook. It would be interesting to see how the Minister for Finance, Michael McGrath, calibrates the outlook now. His, his last formal forecast or his official's last formal forecast was during the summer in the summer economic statement. It'll be interesting to see how it's updated. I think we can certainly expect that 65 billion figure to come to come back a fair bit. We had expected that anyway, I suppose, in, in, in the sense that some of that money is going to be spent. 
and we know it's going to be spent. Yeah. Uh, but there may also be other changes to it in terms of his expectations for corporation tax and the like. So it'll be interesting to see how, how he deals with that. Now, in that summer economic statement that you just mentioned there, that was in July, and the government signalled that there would be more than six billion to go around in the budget, um, in tax cuts, I suppose, in spending. So, you know, reasonably, expectations are, are running high. Should they be? I think the, the, the risk is, um, um, what's happened is that expectations have run a, a bit ahead of uh, the, the reality, if you like, because that really isn't a huge amount of money. First of all, if you look on the spending side, there's got of five and a half billion extra promised a lot of that has already been been allocated and, and will be required to maintain existing levels of service, if you like. Uh, so, so the additional amount to go into welfare increases, for example, or, or other spending projects is pretty, pretty limited. And we've seen ministers pulling back on various promises, for example, in the area of childcare. And we've seen uh, a damping down or, 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 or an an attempt to dampen down expectations over the last few weeks, I think, all around the place from from government ministers, but at the same time, not being able to help themselves in, in promising that they will sure, do their best. Yeah. And then, then if you look at the tax side, 1.1 billion in tax cuts is is promised. That's a net figure. So, so taxes may increase in some areas to give them a bit more scope to cut, I suspect. But that still isn't a huge amount in terms of the overall tax burden. And because inflation is high and people are getting more on their wages, there's a requirement, if you like, to cut taxes if people's tax burden isn't going to go up. So in other words, you earn a bit more money, maybe you get pushed into a higher mm. USC band or a higher income tax band and, and the system needs to adjust. So the, the amount of money to spare isn't a lot more than would be required to do that anyway. Mm. Um, so I think the $65 billion raised everyone's expectations of what the budget was going to be able to deliver. I think since then, ministers have been trying to bring us all back to earth, but I, I don't think they've really entirely succeeded. So I think there is a risk politically for them of a bit of disappointment. Well, I think all year we've been talking about inflation because people can really understand it. It's, yeah. it's sort of one of these economic realities that people can absolutely understand because they experience it every single day in yep. their daily activities, their shopping and so on. So... There's a balancing act for government, isn't there? It wants to help households, but it doesn't want to further fuel inflation in the economy. Can, can it do that, though, with it, by throwing more money into the economy? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's the impossible balance, if you like. And, and I think that has had an impact on, on what has been planned. And while the government has increased its, its allowance for how much it's going to spend this year and, and the Fiscal Council have been wagging their finger at them about that, I, th I think the extra amounts of money that are planned through the permanent budget measures, uh, the tax cuts and the spending increases that are the normal fare of budget days, you know, aren't going to ha really have a massive upward impact on inflation. I, I think where that argument is now going to be really important, and, and this is we're going to see this play out over the next week or so, is in terms of the temporary budget measures, the once-off measures. So we saw last year that the government in introduced a string of Mm. once-off measures. So there was a double week for child benefit, there was a double week of welfare payment in addition to the Christmas week. There were the three energy credits, there were special payments to people on various various welfare payments as well. Now, you could argue certainly that if there's another wedge of those this year, that that could be inflationary, putting money straight into people's pockets in a lot of cases before Christmas. And I think there's a row going on in government, or certainly tensions within government, about how significant that once-off package is going to be so there's two bits to the budget. There's the permanent bit, 
which I think is pretty much tied down. There's going to be a bit of fighting about the detail. And then there's the temporary bit, which is still to play for, if you like, going into the last week. The extent of that, I think you have Michael McGrath and Pascal Dunahu, the spending minister, trying to keep a lid on and some of the others will be trying to push them to give a bit more. And speaking of spending, I think I think it was a big dampener on people's expectations last week when we heard that there was a Department of Health overrun, that it, that it could be like one billion is mentioned and then some reports have it at two billion as if there's not much difference between one and two when of course there is. So we could talk all day uh, about why that's happened but let's just keep our focus on budget 2024. What impact could that have on McGrath and Donoghue next week? It's messy. It's very messy. Uh, we've had health overruns pretty much every year now for, I don't know, the last five or six years. And generally the, the big surge in corporation taxes meant that that could be covered up, if you like, but it has pushed up spending each year. Uh, and I suspect the same is probably going to happen this year. There's been a lot of noise about this in terms of its impact on the actual spending figures in the budget next year. I'm not so sure uh, that that's going to happen. I suspect Pascal Donoghue and Michael McGrath are trying to use this to try and put a bit of a shape on the health budget and to try and point out, look, that you can't be doing this and expect another increase next year. So long story short, I expect that some of the surplus this year is going to have to go into paying for that bill so that the surplus reported for 2023 is going to be lower and the spending increase this year will be higher and the Fiscal Council won't be happy with that. But in terms of the actual decisions for 2024, I don't think it's going to have a major impact beyond beyond health where there is a question now of whether what increases they're going to be given or whether they're going to be asked to get better value from the extra money they already have, Mm. including the overspend this year. So I think that's where we'll see the impact. But in terms of the wider budget, possibly not. It's going to increase the base place we start from in terms of spending for next year. But I think the package will go ahead nonetheless. I'll continue my conversation with Cliff Taylor after this short break. So can we talk about um, taxes? Uh, there's always a lot of kite flying before Budget Day, um, leaking of potential tax breaks, spending measures and the whole lot. Can we go through some of the ideas we've been hearing over the last couple of weeks and tell me what you think? Um, if you could give me the pros and cons for each of these measures and how likely there'll be a change. So let's start with income tax. I think one nailed on certainty is that they're going to increase the level at which people enter the higher tax net, which is currently €40,000. So that's not a huge salary to enter premium tax rates? It's not. And that's the the level for a single person, for a married couple with one earner, or a couple with one earner, should I say, it's it's £49,000. It's not a high level. That is one of the areas where the Irish tax system is, is out of line, if you like, with the international average. So lower per, lower paid people tend to pay a bit less tax in Ireland, certainly income tax. Uh, and the quid pro quo, if you like, for that is that people enter the higher rate at relatively low income levels. So that is going to change. But How surely much... the band is going to have to be really extended if it's going to bring it into international norms, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And it, was, and it, it won't uh, go do that this time, no, surely. No, no. It's, it, it's a gradual process and the government, Leo Varadkar and Fine Gael in particular have been talking about getting it to 50,000. Um, but it's cer- not going to jump from 40 it to 50. No, it certainly isn't. I mean, will it be 1,000? Will it be 1,500? I think that's the territory oh, we're in. It was right. a bit more last year. Yeah, uh, and they do seem to want to do something with the USC. I mean, interestingly, yeah, the USC is a hated tax. It is interestingly, it seems to have broken down a bit in 
we saw the Fine Gael junior ministers come out a few months ago calling for the, the ban to be increased. And, and that's kind of, it seems to have broken down now that that's the Fine Gael measure and that Fianna Fáil want something for themselves and they're claiming the USC cut for themselves. So uh, I think we're going to see a bit of both. Do you think the USC will be done away with? Oh, God, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never. <laughs> okay, we're stuck with it. Oh, Absolutely. Right. I mean, Because that was a temporary measure, wasn't uh, it? Was that not a temporary tax? I think some minister may have inadvertently said that. I, I don't think it was said in the budget at the time that this is temporary. I think there may have been some, some political chatter around, but it was never going to be. And it certainly isn't now. It raises about five billion a year for the exchequer. And it would be dishonest of the government to pr- pretend in any way that they could ever get rid of the USC because we're going to require more taxes in the years to come uh, to pay for a whole load of stuff. So the USC is here to stay. The main rate of USC is the 4.5% rate, which applies on incomes between about 23,000 and about 70,000. So that's the the basket, if you like, that a lot of people's earnings are in. Mm. So you pay 4.5% of that. Now, one of the, the rumours we've been hearing is that there's going to be something done about the tax landlords pay, yeah. the income tax landlords yeah. pay, uh, with the idea is that it will induce them to stay in the market. Though... Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure it's been proven that there has been such a mass, mass exodus. But sure. anyway, um, what do you think is going to happen there? Yeah, I mean, the idea of well, the extent of the exodus is <laughs> it's an interesting question. Uh, and different figures show different things. But the Rent Tenancy Board figures do show that there, there has been something of an exodus. Um, I think there will be a landlord tax credit. I think it will be limited. Um, I, th- I think the way they will probably introduce it... There's two ways you can cut the tax for landlords. You can you can have a special income tax rate, if you like, for rental income. Sounds a bit complicated to me. Or you can have a special tax credit, if you like, which applies only to landlords, which sounds like a cleaner way of doing it. Mm-hmm. So I think they may go down that route. The indications are that it's going to be tied to some kind of commitment of landlords, landlords staying in the market for a particular period of time. And we haven't seen in the budget speculation, as far as I know, any kind of a fixed... Uh, route as to which that will work but will there be a tax some kind of tax move for landlords yes I don't think it's going to be a game changer for them but it will give them a bit more money back mm. you can also do things by making it easier for them to write off expenses mm. uh, such as a local property tax so spending so, spending yeah. is the other side of the coin of course um, by far ex- the bigger side yeah as you say that that, that more of the, that 6 billion will go on spending so yeah. Let's look at some of the potential ideas. The electricity credit last year, we, you know, electricity prices, fuel prices, energy prices were going sky high. Something had to be done. Is, should we expect that to happen again? Given that we know it's, it's not, the, the, the international energy prices are going the other direction. Yeah, the energy prices have come down. That's the plus. The, the negative, I suppose, is they're still well ahead of where they were before this all started. Um, so politically... I think, yes, there will be credits. Personally, I don't think they're a particularly great idea because they give money to a lot of people who don't need need it as well as some people who do. But anyway, they're going to happen. They seem to be popular last time. The last time there was three 200 euro credits. The signals are there won't be the same amount of money given away this time. So will there be two credits of, you know, 150 or will there be three of 100 or, or something in that territory? I think we might be looking at. Either way, it's going to be reasonably expensive. The government is imposing a special tax on the what is called the windfall profits of energy companies. 
I would expect that the money raised from that, which is going to be about 600 million, will be we'll balance it out. shoveled over to the mm. credits, which would suggest to me that you might get two of 150 or three of 100 maybe. Right, but not the same level as last no. year. No. Okay, so what about welfare increases? Yeah, so uh, 12 euro last year, I think it's probably going to be hard for them, given that inflation is still high, to go less than, than 12. We'll wait and see on that one, but that would be my expectation. And then there'll be the Christmas payments and so on. There'll be the Christmas payments. One of the interesting things is whether there will be other temporary welfare measures. So we've seen the possibility of the of the credit, the energy credits, which are going to happen as well. But as well as the permanent increases in welfare payments, are we going to see some other temporary ones like we did last year? Mm. So, for example, the double child benefit week or uh, some extra payments for people on um, uh, on special energy supports, etc. Mm. Not sure about that. Um, the money may be getting a bit tight yeah. when they try and... Uh, shuffle everything around. So I, I think there will there, there may be some, but I think they're going to be a good deal more limited than they were last and year. And what about big capital investment programmes? You know, are we going to hear announcements of, I don't know, buildings, transport, infrastructure, all the things we need, especially to decarbonise the country, actually? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I think most of that has probably been, uh, probably been tied down uh, in the sense that there was an announcement of extra money being put into capital spending over the next few years. So, yeah, I think we're going to hear what's, you know, we're going to hear some talk about how that's going to be spent, but that may not be kind of new new in the sense of there's been signals already that two and a half billion extra is going to be allocated. And of course, there's a load more coming via the National Development Plan. The Minister for Finance will definitely also allude to this idea of setting up a special fund to try and support investment in the years ahead. There's been a bit of coming and going about that and it doesn't seem like it's it's settled yet. We've just, the talk of the 65 billion that you spoke about uh, at the start, where that money is going to go. And even if that money is pulled back a fair bit, there's going to be excess cash and the government's going to have to decide what to do with it. And there's two basic ideas. One is that you put it into a, into a very long-term fund and that the interest off that fund then helps to pay the bills in the years to come. The second is that you put the money into a fund which is available, with the capital of which is available if, for example, the public finances mm. hit a tricky patch. So back in the financial crash, public finances collapsed and the first thing to be cut was investment spending. So houses, roads, everything. And we've seen the huge cost, the long-term cost of doing that. Uh, so the idea of having having a fund to avoid that if there's pressure on the public finances in future seems mm. seems like seems like a good idea to me. So I think Michael McGrath is going to yeah is going to talk about that, but I don't think that's tied down yet. I think it'll be next year before it's really tied down how the money is going to be divided, etc. Well, one thing that will have to be talked about, and that is the climate crisis, of course. Yeah. Um, you know, we hear that tackling the crisis here is is difficult. Like We've wind energy companies saying, look, we'd love to do something, but it takes so long to get through the planning system to build the necessary infrastructure. Could there be an investment in the planning system or is that part of, of the budget? It, I, it, I suspect it may be, it may be referred to. Uh, the new planning bill is, is, is coming in and board panel is being revised and, and there are promises of resources there. I, sus- I expect it may not be something that they, they go into in great detail on budget day, but I think you're right. It's a this is a mission critical mm. mission critical thing, 
and I think deserves a consideration on its own. But if it gets a nod in the budget, then there is a sense that it might actually be in train then, is that Absolutely, it? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. I'm a bit surprised that we haven't managed to show more urgency in this area, to be honest with you. I suppose all the problems with Board Planola and the, you know, the, the controversies we've seen there have maybe been a bit of a blockage. Uh, but it's really clear that we need a lot more resources there and in this new maritime regulatory authority, which is going to be key to developing offshore wind. And there's a new kind of strategy on offshore wind due early next year as well. So you just hope that all this will come together. Mm. How much will be in the budget, I'm not sure, but it is a huge, it is going to be a huge issue. Well, one thing we know is that there is an election on the near horizon, I think it's Mm -hmm. fair to say. It has to be held by March 2025. How much do you think all that will influence the budget next week? Yeah, I think I think this this has been the backdrop to the whole thing, if you like. And uh, if you go back, we spoke about the summer economic statement. And I think in that, Michael McGrath and Pascal Donoghue managed to kind of put a bit of a lid on the budget sums. Now, not as much of a lid as the central bank and the fiscal council would have wanted. But nonetheless, given the extent of the surplus that's there, the political temptation would have been to spend a lot more of that over the next year to try and by voters, by voters' affection for the next mm, election, by the sure. votes for the next election. So is this going to be an election budget or is next year's going to be elected? We well, don't know, of course. I, I, oh, I don't know, but I I think it'll be an election budget with a small E or whatever, whatever way you want to put it. There are going to be tax cuts and spending increases. There's room for that. There is going to be a very significant once-off package. The pressure in government will be people saying, you know, to Pascal Donoghue, Look, you were in office before the last election. The prudence didn't do Fine Gael much good then. Mm. Uh, why don't we kind of loosen the purse strings a bit? The counter-argument is that that isn't the right thing to do uh, if you're putting the national finances in danger. And we've seen the political cost before of parties that have got the country into trouble, if you like, the longer-term political costs. So the long game is... Mm. Perhaps there is a political value in that as well. So it's a really interesting dynamic, I think. As you say, you know, six billion, it's not a lot of money given all the demands and given all that's already spent. Um, The state, the budget for the state, it's over 90 billion, isn't it? Tax and spending. Okay, so, you know, do we place, look, obviously journalists love talking about it. You know, we love talking about the budget. We love speculating, all that. But do we place too much emphasis on this day, this one day in October, on the budget? Um, And should there perhaps be a more sort of sensible focus on what's not changing? Yeah, I mean, of course there should be, (laughs) is the answer to that. And it's been a debate for many years, you know, should we have budget day or should it be such a big deal? But of course, you know, to an extent, everyone loves it. Uh, To an extent, we inherited, I suppose, the British system of budget day where the minister arrives with a little... Red, red briefcase yeah. mm. uh, and it's great excitement and I suppose we inherited that a bit and look politicians of all shades love it because it's their day out they can be seen to give something they hope to get a bit of positive publicity out of it um, that said I think it's it's started to maybe roll back a little bit in terms of uh, in terms of its importance uh, we now have this big run up to the budget and a, a number of documents published which kind of give a lot of the figures in advance we're obliged by the EU to do that uh, to some extent to have this kind of ongoing budget process uh, where forecasts are updated so a bit a bit of the a bit of the once off show business if you like has gone out of it uh, and we could probably do it a bit less because as you say what really matters are the things that go on during the year and not only 
the decisions that are made, but kind of the implementation, I suppose, isn't that the mm. real political issue now that we have the money? So how uh, is it not being spent still properly? Yeah. Seem to struggle mm. to cut the waiting lists, build, build the houses, houses yeah. uh, deliver proper infrastructure in areas like water and energy, and they are kind of the real meat and drink, I think, of the next general election campaign. You know, houses, energy, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, rather than you know, the precise nature of budget uh, budget policy and taxes in particular. That said, there will be considerable yeah. excitement next week. Next week. Excellent. And we'll, uh, we'll all look forward to it. Thanks very much, Cliff. Thanks, Bernice. That's it for today. For comprehensive coverage of Budget 24 from our team of experts, including Cliff Taylor, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. I'm Bernice Harrison. This episode is produced by Declan Conlon. In the news, we'll be back tomorrow.